Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. When did the image of success become so shallow and cookie cutter? It's carefree entrepreneurship, sprawling homes and curated aesthetics, all wrapped up in a simplified social media post, rife with the latest buzzwords explaining how you're just one manifestation away from the life of your dreams. But building thriving businesses and positioning yourself as a leader in any industry has little to do with hitting these external validations and everything to do with cutting through the crap and getting to work. My name is James Patrick, and I'm an internationally published photographer, marketing strategist, and your host in this discussion. I've spent decades studying the mechanics of success so I could reverse engineer the process. Together, let's specifically define what success means to you and determine the steps to get you there. With real strategies, exclusive interviews, and game-changing ideas you can implement into your life and business. It's time to go beyond the facade, beyond the posturing, beyond the image to create real change personally and professionally. This is the Beyond the Image Podcast. My guest today is Jillian Murphy. She's a sales mentor. Jillian, how are you doing today? Good, James. Thank you so much for having me here today. I'm so excited to talk to you and also your listeners. Well, the feeling is extremely mutual. And the reason I'm excited to have this conversation is the topic of sales is something that induces panic in a lot of <laughs> listeners. And and ironically, it's, it's something that creates a lot of anxiety for so many entrepreneurs. Um, and the rhetoric I hear a lot is, well, I'm not good at sales. Mm -hmm. You know, I can do the thing, whatever the thing is, whether it's I'm a personal trainer, or I'm a photographer, or I'm a coach, I can do that. I'm so good at that. But I'm just bad at sales. I'm bad at marketing. And my position has always been, then you just don't know what sales yeah. is. Um, so I'm hoping to kind of shed some light and and kind of undo some preconceived notion about sales. But before we kind of dive into that, I'd love to hear a little bit about your background. What is it that got you so passionate about helping shed light on, on the sales industry? Yeah, absolutely. I love where this conversation is going to go. So just to give you a quick backstory, I spent 22 years in the corporate sales space and Probably like many of your listeners, I didn't, you know, love sales when I first started, but I did fall in love with people and I fell in love with helping people and I fell in love with building relationships. And at the core of all things that we do, it's really just about helping people and solving problems. So as soon as I really shifted my mindset around that and took away the fact that I was selling people or pushing my services on people or convincing people to buy, that's really when I kind of fell in love with sales. So I spent 22 years in the corporate sales space. During the pandemic, I unfortunately lost that career and shifted to the online space, which many of us did. And I was very thankful because like many of your listeners, I came to the space when the world was kind of shutting down and not everybody knew how to sell and not everybody knew how to market themselves. So I was in a very good position to really help people get comfortable with selling, get comfortable in a way of marketing themselves, getting comfortable in a way that felt good. Because one thing about sales, the way that I teach it, especially is I don't use scripts. I don't use cookie cutter ways. I help you teach sales and talk about sales in a way that feels really good for you. So um, I mean, I moved to the online space. I've helped over 500 entrepreneurs in the last 22 months grow and scale their businesses in a way that feels really good and really aligned to them. Um, and I do it all through organic sales. So I'm super excited to talk today and uh, hopefully enlighten your listeners on why sales is actually the most important skill you need to have. Why, or excuse me, what would you say are some of the most common misconceptions that entrepreneurs have related to sales? Because I think you hit the nail on the head. So many of us really had to 
focus our energy, you know, starting in 2020 and, and try to connect with consumers in a completely new way. And, and the need to, to build income uh, became so much more prevalent and important in, in so many of our businesses. Um, but what, what are so many individuals not understanding about sales or getting wrong about sales? Yeah. Um, well, how long is this podcast? No. So really some of the main things that people really get wrong about sales is they're really making it all about them, right? Like I have to sell my offers. I need to fill up my launch. I need to fill my mastermind up. And they're really going at it from a way that is all about them. And that really needs to shift. We are in a business that is really about humans and heartbeats, and we really have to take everything off of us and really go at it from a way of like, how can I help people? How can I serve people? And I know that sounds like, well, I really do have to sell people. You do, but it really has to be taken off of you. It really needs to be shed onto them. So that is the biggest thing is really shifting your model into how can I just make people's lives better? And then the sales will come. Another really big thing is that people don't want to be selling every day. I hear this all the time. Well, I'm really good at being a personal trainer, or I'm really good at being a nutrition coach, or I'm really good at being a mindset coach, but I'm just going to put up content, or I'm just going to, you know, put up my website or put up graphics, and they're actually not even wanting to sell. Well, unfortunately, if you want to sell your products, services, and offers, we actually have to be selling every single day. And there's so many ways around this. I mean, you can soft sell, you can laid back sell, you can conversational sell um, in a way that feels good to you, but you do have to actually be selling at all times. And then the other, I think, big misconception around sales is that you have to do it in a scripted way. You have to do it in a way that, you know, is like, is like a cookie cutter way. And I love to teach sales in a way that's like, we're going to find a way that feels really good for you. You know, I'm an extrovert. Obviously I have a ton of energy, so I'm going to sell very differently than my clients who are very introverted or very reserved. So selling is all about finding a way that feels really good to you, but then going all in on that. So when we talk about this idea of sales and mm-hmm. and and the, the process that that one must go through like one of the things you brought up is someone says well I just want to post content yeah. and that could be a misunderstanding where they think just by posting lots and lots of content people eventually see the content and will eventually you know enter into a shopping cart and even though like we as the entrepreneur we can connect all the steps and it seems so easy to us because it's all in our head. Well, th- of course they, they, they have to know what I do. How do they not know what I do? I, mm-hmm. I, I post about it once a month. Um, don't they pay attention? Don't they see all my content? Mm-hmm. And really for the consumer, it's, it's such a different journey and they might not even be looking or they might not even be aware. Um, and so that's, that's one uh, misconception. And, and then another thing is that, well, does this mean I have to just be constantly spamming people? You know, mm-hmm. you hear that a lot. Do I have to constantly spam people? And, and you know, isn't that going to turn them off? Uh, I'd love for you to address some of those fears surrounding, yeah. you know, offending someone by approaching them. Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing is talking about the content, right? Yes, our content should be selling for us. But in all honesty, most people have not really nailed down their content game to be a strong seller for them, right? So a lot of people are putting out content, but they're playing it very safe. They're playing it very vague. Um, So unfortunately, a lot of coaches and a lot of entrepreneurs are putting out a lot of great content. They are being consistent, but it's not driving sales. Um, So, you know, you really want your content to be doing those things where you are speaking as the authority, you are being that person, that person that people are getting so much value out of it, you really are using your content as like the attractor as the magnet, right? So, for an example, you know, my content does drive a ton of sales for me, I don't even have a website. But, you know, I've, I've really kind of mastered the game of attraction marketing, where a lot of people 
have it necessarily. So they're putting out content and it is, you know, kind of vague or it is kind of vanilla or they're just kind of following what everybody else is doing. So yes, your content can absolutely sell for you. But if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're like, okay, well, I'm putting out content and it's not converting to cash or I am putting out content right now and people aren't asking me regularly, how do I work with you? Then you know that that's an opportunity for to grow your content or an opportunity for you to kind of look and see what could you be doing better for your content. And then the second thing is, is that we are not spamming people by showing them ways that they can work with us. Now, if you were on your Instagram stories every day and you were like, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. Yes, that would be annoying, of course, right? But there's so many different ways that you can do it. You can do it in what I like to call like conversational sales. So, you know, hopefully you guys follow me after this podcast, you know, at the Jillian Murphy, you will see every single day I sell on my stories. It is like a circus. It is like a party, but people don't fall off. People don't start following me because my audience loves that I sell every day in a very like conversational laid back way. I say things like, you know, today working with a one-on-one client, we went over this. My audience is like, oh, she works with people one-on-one. I might say something like, tonight inside of the mastermind, we're going over this. People are like, oh, she has a mastermind. I might say a conversation that I have with one of my clients in Voxer. Oh, I didn't realize that she had one-on-one Voxer coaching, right? So I'm saying every single day in ways in which I work with my clients. You can also say things like, I've created this program if you are struggling with this. I might say something like, you know, if you were able to fix this problem, would this be helpful? So again, I'm selling every day through my Instagram stories. That's where I do all of my selling. I don't have a sales page. I don't have a website, but I'm not doing it in like a gross spammy, a gross spammy way. So it's all about like the language that you're using and also the energy around it. So I'm a huge believer in the energy that you put out is the energy that you receive. So one of my favorite things that I work with all of my clients on when they first come to me is, are you sold on what it is that you're selling? So if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're like, ah, I don't really want to get on my stories and talk about my offer. You're not sold on your offer. If you're like, well, I don't really want to get on my stories today and talk about what it is that I'm selling because I don't want, you know, my aunt to think I'm spamming her or the girl from high school to judge me then we need to work on that mindset shift of sales because you need to be your first sale. You need to be so sold on your offers that you are so excited to talk about them every single day. And I think that's the big shift that people are missing sometimes. It's like they're not 100% sold. So therefore, they're letting these other external things really block them from showing up online. That's such a critically important point that you just made, which is if, you know, when I look at sales, I look at one, you need to care about the person you're selling to. Uh, like, I think the days of like transactional approaches, particularly within high touch or high ticket offers just aren't really working. Like it needs to be nurtured and, and relational based. Um, but the second is you have to believe in what you're selling them. Mm-hmm. And if if you care about the person, you believe in what you're selling, then it just makes sense that you're going to offer them a solution, which you know will solve a problem or deliver a benefit. It, it would be rude of you not to. Um, but if you're not sold on your own offer, or if you don't have mm-hmm. faith or confidence in your own offer, yeah, selling it and talking about it's going to feel alien and weird and, and uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, another thing that you brought up that, that I want to, um, shine a flashlight on because I really liked it was yes, your content can help you sell, but that's not its primary goal. I really think your content and the content you need to be putting out needs to be reinforcing what your positioning is and what your yes. offers are. Mm-hmm. And m- so often I'm seeing people not creating content that's value-driven for their audience that reinforces who they are and what they do. And I see what a lot of people doing is chasing this kind of uh, mystical dragon of Mm -hmm. creating something that goes viral that has nothing to do with who they are, 
with what their brand is about, with what 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 amazing work that they do. They're just chasing a vanity. And if I cannot get a sense of what makes you unique and different and and worth paying attention to the second I land on your page, I'm not going to continue. I, I had a client yesterday <clears throat> who's taught me her some of her ideas for her content marketing. I was like, okay, but I've seen that like not just a few times. I've seen that like a hundred thousand times before. What does that even have to do with what it is you're offering? You, I mean, there needs to be something intentional and direct about why this content reinforces and validates who you are. And I think so much of that, like if you do that, you don't need a website. You don't need a sales page because mm -hmm. your, your social media account or whatever you're leveraging a podcast is your brand positioning because all of it is speaking the same language and delivering, delivering the same brand direction. Yeah, it's so true. And, you know, it's, I, I just had this conversation earlier on another podcast earlier today, and we were talking about even just like your positioning in the market with being who you are as like a genuine human and just like your authenticity, right? So there's lots of sales coaches. There's lots of nutrition coaches. There's lots of business coaches. And the amount of times that people slide into my DMs and say to me, like, I would love to hire you because of that graphic that you posted on like three tips to better sales does not happen very often. The amount of times that people slide into my DMs and they say, hey, I heard you on that podcast and you dropped like a bomb nugget on like sales, I'd love to hire you, doesn't happen. 97% of the time people slide into my DMs and they're like, I'm obsessed with your energy. There's something mm -hmm. about you that just activates me. I don't know what it is. I just need to be in your world and I know you can help me with sales. That is more important than anything when it comes to your content is having your like authenticity in who you are as like a genuine human be articulated in your messaging. And I always say like, that's the secret sauce in attraction marketing. When you can literally bring out who you are as a human, your energy, um, your personality, because that is what people are so attracted to. That is what makes people want to be in your world, be in your programs, be in your masterminds, all of those things. Because Again, they can Google their way to sales, mindset, confidence, nutrition, all those things. They're literally paying to be in your energy. So the more that you can show who you are as a genuine human, that's what people do it. So even going back to like, you know, people chasing vanity metrics or virality or all those things. The last thing I'm ever going to do is a reel and jump on a trend where everybody's doing the same thing, because how am I ever going to show who I am in my own personality? I'm never going to do it. I'm going to look like everyone else that's doing the same dance, the same song, jumping around to the same thing. It's it's interesting. And I think so much of it is a lack of, I think, A, a lack of consistency and B, a lack of time mm -hmm. invested where someone might try something and it doesn't work because why would it work? It's the first time you tried it. It's not like things just, just happen like that. And so they feel discouraged and then they they go back to what everyone else is doing because it gets more engagements and that that gives you that dopamine hit. Mm -hmm. um, but it's doing something and it's doing it enough that eventually you find a voice. And and I say find a voice, and you said you know being authentic. I think authenticity and finding authenticity or revealing authenticity takes practice. Mm -hmm. And it's not that you're manufacturing something, but what you are doing is you are finding how you're best communicating this, how you are best showing up. And it's not going to happen in one reel. It's not going to happen in 10 reels, but eventually over time, you're going to find what works for you that a best delivers your message and your brand and your authenticity, but B gets your audience to understand why you matter to them. And mm -hmm. it, I think that's a really, really key part. Like, you know, I'm, I mean, this is, I don't know, podcast 470 or something. I, I, I don't know, but like, that's just at this show. And I did another couple hundred on a different show. Like, I don't think I found my voice till a couple hundred podcast episodes in. 
Like it took time and it took hours on the mic and it's going to take time for, for individuals to find their voice and how they're presenting themselves both in the content, but then also I, I, I and I'm curious your thoughts on this and how they're, how they're talking to their audience and how they're positioning their offers. And I'm, I'm curious what your, what your thoughts are on that and how much repetition or time or effort it takes to kind of craft. I know you don't do scripts, but that comfort mm-hmm. with discussing offers and positioning opportunities. Yeah. Oh, I love, I love this conversation because it is so much about repetition and consistency and, you know, knowing that, um, you know, not everything you touch is going to turn to gold. You know, I know you just did an episode with my good friend, Tiffany Carter. And one, one of the things that her and I just talked about is like, you know, it's all about throwing a lot of stuff out and knowing that like, it's going to take time for you to find something that works for your audience to find something that works and to know that like not everything you put out is going to feel good. Not everything you put out, your audience is going to like, and it's like, you know, just knowing that it's going to take time and you're going to evolve, you're going to change and your audience is going to change. You know, the way that I showed up two years ago when I started is definitely different than the way that I show up now. But what hasn't changed, I'll tell you this, is who I am at the core because I've remained authentic to who I am. And I think that is important that even if you change like your branding or you change from being a mindset coach to a nutrition coach, to a sales coach, to a photographer, as long as you are the brand and your voice stays the same of who you are, that's when you can, you can shift so easily. It's when you aren't being authentic and you're trying to be other people's voices. That's when I think when it gets hazy and it gets fuzzy. Early on, I think so much of this is going to feel like there's going to be a lot of thought put into, am I saying the right thing? You know, am I pushing too hard? Is this, does this feel too, you know, I imagine this statement drives you crazy, but does this feel too salesy? Yeah. What advice do you give for someone to early on start to navigate just the the language and the nomenclature they're trying to use to communicate the value that they're offering. Yeah. So one of the things that I love to talk about when it comes to really communicating your offers is that I think that people, especially when they're newer, whether it's in sales, whether you're trying to sell, you know, a fitness program, or you're trying to sell a nutrition program, or you're a photographer, whatever it is, I think that we can tell when people are like, nervous or unconfident because they actually try to overcompensate. And this is one of the biggest things that I see like with new salespeople. I even remember this when I was in corporate sales, I used to literally kick my salesman like under the table is they would just go on and on and they would like try to like overcompensate for everything, right? Like, oh, we have this and we have this and we have this and we have this. And though I actually feel that the less that you explain something, the more confident you actually sound, right? So an example of this is if somebody slides into my DMs and they say to me, hey, Jillian, can you tell me about your mastermind? I'm not gonna say like, well, let me tell you why a mastermind is important. A mastermind is important because X, Y, and Z. And this is why I believe in a mastermind. Like I'm already gonna sound like I'm trying to convince you. I'm already going to sound like I'm trying to get you to join something. And I feel like that's a lot of times what what, like newer salespeople do, or even like newer coaches is they like over explain something. So I like to think of it like I talk to my audience like they already get it. I explain things to them like they already understand the importance of a mastermind. They already understand the importance of a membership. They already understand the importance of high-level mentorship, right? So if somebody was to slide into my DMs and ask me about a mastermind, I would say like, sure, absolutely. I would love to tell you about the investment. It's X, Y, and Z. This is how many calls it is. And I'd love to have you inside. It's literally as simple as that. Also, just to give you kind of like a quick frame of reference, I don't even get on sales calls. So I've been coaching for 22 months in the online space. I've done less than six sales calls. So I don't have a sales page. I don't have a website and I don't get on sales calls. So I close everything through the DMs. And the way that I do this is I literally just give very potent and like direct responses. 
And I think that some people feel that they can't close in the DMs because they have to get on calls and like over explain and talk about why they're so great and doing all these things. And this goes back kind of to our conversation earlier that like, if people are already consuming your content and they're already getting to know you in your stories and they're already binging, binging your stuff, they should already know everything about you, your offers, your value and everything that you articulate. By the time that they come to the DMs, it's literally just like, are you interested or not? Here's my offer. So I think that's another thing that people kind of miss is like, you don't have to be doing all these other things if your content is really doing the selling for you. I mean, ultimately, by the time someone reaches out to you, you're right. They, yeah. they're, they're reaching out to you because they've been paying attention. 100%. They're already a lead. Yes. They're not, they're not just this, this audience member. They, they've, they consumed enough to be knowledgeable, to ask a question. Yeah. So they've basically signaled to you, they've raised their hand. And at this point, pushing so much on them, if anything could be overwhelming. Yeah. Absolutely. And now, now, now you could be pushing someone who could have been a yes into a, well, I'll think about it. Yeah. It reminds me of like, so I used to be a fitness competitor. It reminds me of like when I would, would travel and I, I was in corporate sales, right? So I would, I would travel and I would go all over, all over the uh, country when I was working for sales and I would, I would go to the gym and I would ask for like a daily pass and I'd be like, Hey guys, can I get a daily pass? And I clearly knew how to work out. I was a fitness competitor. I would walk in a tank top in a gallon jug carrying, you know, a bag of chicken. And they'd be like, sure, let me show you around the gym. And I'd be so annoyed because I'd be like, I clearly don't need to know how to work out. I know how to work out. And it reminds me so much of this like same scenario. It's like, I already knew I wanted to buy I already knew I wanted to work out there. And here you are like talking to me, like I don't know what I'm doing. And I feel like it's the same thing. So often where coaches are like overcompensating and over explaining and your audience already wants to work with you. Just show them, just show them the locker room and give them the day pass. They're ready to buy. That is so funny. I think I'm, (laughs) I'm probably one of like, both the easiest and hardest people to sell to because <laughs> like anytime I get an offer, like, and it's, it's so funny because like I do, I I've done sales calls for, for a lot of uh, my high ticket closings, but I hate jumping on sales calls. Yeah. Don't like it as a consumer. Um, and my my stance is anytime something's pitched to me that I even have a remote level of interest in, I always fire back, get, here are the bullet points I need. Like, give me the the time frame, the investment, uh, the projected ROI, just just lay it out for me. Yeah. And based off that, then I, it's just, I just, you know, I usually do gut check reactions. And if I need more information, I'll ask for more information, but I hate having my time wasted. Mm-hmm. And so that could be really easy for me if, or easy for a salesperson, if they just give me the information I want, because then I can be like, oh, this sounds good. Yeah, let's, let's go for it. Yeah. Um, but this could be really arduous if they're like, well, yeah, let, let's jump on a call and I'd love to explain it and, and understand more. <laughs> and I'm just like, no, you don't. You just need to give me the details I'm asking for or don't and, and kind of be on your way. Yeah. Are you, a, um, are you a dominant personality type? Um, so years ago, I, I took that disc profile, Yeah. Um, but I was working in uh, corporate marketing at the time. And I think it was like 98% in the dominance yeah. category. Um, I, I, I imagine that has shifted. So not as severe, but it's probably still primarily in the, in the dominance category. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. So I actually always talk about this with my clients, depending on actually where you are, like in that personality test you're actually not always great to be on sales calls. So like, just to give you guys like a quick example, like I have a very dominating personality, right? So it's actually much easier for me to answer questions and be in the DMs because if I'm actually on like a sales call with somebody, right? I'm on Zoom and they're uh, like a a complacent buyer and they're asking me all the questions and they want all the details. 
they actually can feel my energy. Mm-hmm. They can feel that I'm like getting a little frustrated. They can feel that I'm like, are you in or are you out? Right. Where in the DMs, it's it's a different energy. So that's also too, like, I feel like a lot of people feel like they need to get on sales calls, but not every personality is also great for sales calls. Just like in the reverse, if that person was on the other end of me and they wanted to get on a sales call and they wanted to give me all the details and I'm like, buddy, let's just like wrap this up. We're actually not a great fit on a sales call together. So I, uh, I love to actually talk about this because I have a lot of my, like my one-on-one private clients that I'm like, you actually should never get on a sales call and let's build all your content around it because yeah, not everybody is made to get on calls. So to, to look at this from, from another facet, like one of the things that I noticed you do a lot is you create materials and content that attract your prospective clients that that invite leads to raise their hand and to signal back to you your your content that you're pumping out it's very intentional mm-hmm. and by doing this you are constantly showing people the way that they can enter into a relationship with you yeah. i'm not seeing a lot of people do this yeah um by doing this, you are reducing the the need or the the feeling of the need to do cold outreach or manual mm-hmm. outbound, yeah. which is a big fear for mm-hmm. so many. I don't want to do manual outbound. That I hear that a lot. So I'd love to hear about your strategy for creating intentional content that invites people into your ecosystem. Uh, as as opposed to, you know, blasting out a lot of marketing messages or copy and paste messages. Yeah. So one of the things that I do is I do create very intentional content that will attract in my ideal client. So, you know, my ideal client wants to make more money in their business. They want to bring more leads into their business. They want to sell with ease, right? So my content is very much like, they could move the needle in their business through my content, right? So I remember when I first started out in the online space, I would go to people's pages and I would be like, this is great that you're telling me how to grow my business, but it's it's very surface level. I don't actually know what that means. It would say like, um, reach out to 10 people a day. And I'd be like, okay, but like, what do I say to them? Or it would say like, build a community. And I'd be like, well, What does that mean, build a community, right? So I made sure that my content was one, like very potent and very detailed. So because my content is like very detailed and very potent, I tend to attract in a lot of people that gets a lot of saves and gets a lot of shares. And then in return, brings people back repetitively. Because of that, that has been a huge part of my building my sales and building my brand awareness, right? So it's attraction marketing. I mean, I have a pretty small following. And again, I was a fitness competitor and I had a big, I had a big following. I actually shut that page down about a year ago and started completely fresh. So I think I only have like 2,200 followers and I have a, you know, a very successful coaching business. So my content is very potent and very to the point. Another thing that my content does is it invites people in to have conversations. So every day on my stories, I'm I'm asking my audience questions about them. Like, how's your day? What are you working on? So often I see like fitness coaches only talking to their audience about fitness stuff. Like, um, do you suffer with weight gain? Well, people know that if you say yes, they're literally going to ask you to join their program, right? So I'm asking my audience questions all the time, just about real life things. Do you like chicken? Did you wash your hair today? Um, Do you like stand-up desks? Did you walk? Like, I'm just always talking to my audience. So because I'm always talking to my audience, I'm always in DM conversations. Some of my longest running clients have began over conversations like, what did you eat for dinner? Uh, What type of hair extensions do you have? What was your Halloween costume? So I always say that my selling happens because I'm not trying to sell. I'm literally getting into real organic conversations with people every single day. 
So when people come to me, they always say like, Jill, what do I say in the DMs to get people to buy? That is exactly why you're not selling in the DMs. You are already going in with a preconceived like agenda, right? So if I was to meet Corey today in the DMs, it wouldn't be like, oh, I just met Corey. She's a breathwork coach. I wonder how I could talk to her to sell her into coaching. No, it's literally like, oh my gosh, she's a breathwork coach. She also has a daughter. I want to get to know her. She looks cool as hell. Like I want to be her friend. And then like maybe in six months, we'll like talk about like business. So I'm having real organic, natural conversations all the time. And I think that's a really big thing that people miss is they instantly want to go from like, hey, I just started following Corey to like, what's your big business goal and how can I help you? And that's where you get ghosted all of the time. The second thing with my world is I have a huge product suite. So people can come into my world and literally work with me from like $17 up to like tens of thousands of dollars. And that was something that has switched recently in my business model as I've seen the coaching industry change quite a bit. You know, what's so interesting about this is as I'm thinking through like messages I get mm-hmm. in, in the DMs, um, particularly when someone is ready to engage themselves in a business relationship with me a message that that I've seen a lot is you know I've been following your work for years mm-hmm. that's how they enter it yeah now to me what that's very flattering but yeah. at the same time it's also an indicator that it took a lead time of a few years for them to not only know my brand but trust that my brand was the right choice for them Mm -hmm. to move forward with. And that's kind of like a flag to me to be like, okay, what can I do to shorten that lead time to help grow resonance, decrease resistance and build trust and rapport with an audience faster. Mm -hmm. And part of it is developing connections, Mm -hmm. not having to think about sales is I'm pushing a product or service. So like right now, I don't have any any time specific sales that I'm doing right now. There's no, there's no card closings. I don't have to push anything very hard right now. But that does not stop me from engaging my audience. That does not stop me from having conversations. That does not stop me from building relationships Mm -hmm. because the individuals I'm building relationship with, even though these conversations aren't directed towards anything I'm selling right now, I'm still building that connection, building that trust, building that rapport so that I am a trusted resource if Mm -hmm. and when the time comes that they need a service that I can provide, whether it's photography or coaching or helping them with media acquisition. But they'll never know that I can provide that to them unless, like, like who's who's going to tell them, right? <laughs> right, right. Like, no one's, you know, like, we don't have these amazing brand evangelists going around telling everyone, <laughs> oh, you know, like, we have to, we have to, that the earnest is on us to communicate what we can do for others that would better their positions or help them achieve their goals. And mm-hmm. this circles back around to what you said early on, which is, you know, so often we're just focused on ourselves, but really the focus needs to be on what does our audience need? Mm-hmm. What are what are their desires, their aspirations, the outcomes or results that they're hoping to get? If we put that as our primary focus and goal, that really shifts how we're talking about offers and sales. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I love what you said that too, about like, you know, if we're not telling our audience, like, you know, who who is telling them? You know, my rule of thumb is like, you know, I have new people that follow me, you know, hopefully every single day. I mean, that's the hope, right? I don't want anybody to ever come to my page and be like, how do I work with this girl? What does she have? I want people to come into my world and be like, oh, I know she does sales. I know this is how I can work with her. And I know how how she can help me. So often, you know, people come to me to help them with sales. And I'm like looking at their page and I'm like, I don't really know what you do. I don't really know what your offer is. 
And I've literally been scrolling for 15 minutes and I don't even know like how I could even pay you if I wanted to. Like you want to make it so easy for people to come into your world. Like, oh, she does sales. She has all these different offers or this is how you can work with her. And like, this is how she can help me. The space is too big and too busy to make to make people run around and try to figure it out, right? Like if I had to try to figure out how to work with you, I've moved on to somebody else. Literally the call to action on your account is start here. <laughs> like literally start right here. Yeah. Yeah. It, once again, this we we can connect all these steps in our mind because we're the one who built the steps. Mm -hmm. But if we start to shop ourselves, it really shifts how we look at our own offers. Um, and this brings up another point, um, which is, you know, I, I'd alluded to the fact that I personally hate jumping on sales calls. I know what, what a sales call is. I'm not, yeah. I'm not, you know, <laughs> tricked into yeah. thinking it's something <laughs> else. Um, yeah. Like no one just wants to hang out with you for a half hour guys. Come yeah, on. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not likely, especially me. Um, yeah, same. What have you noticed shifting in how consumers are acting right now compared to what they were doing when you, even when you started like two years ago, what has been the shifts in, in consumer behavior that you've noticed, particularly when it comes to purchasing coaching services? Yeah. So I love this question. So when I first started, you know, there were group coaching programs were like all the rage when I first started, um, you know, and I've helped, you know, oh, just over 500 entrepreneurs. So you know, I've really seen this even like personally, right? Like even the clients that have been with me, let's say for two years, what they were selling two years ago are not selling as well now. Like we've had to really shift their business model. We've had to shift how they sell, how they've actually done things. So group coaching programs, I personally have seen not sell as well. And I think for a couple of reasons. One, I think that in 2020, 2021, everybody came out and everybody had a group coaching program. And I think this did a couple of things. I think everybody joined a lot of group coaching programs. I think a lot of people didn't get great results. And I also think a lot of people went into a lot of negative debt during that year. And now they're like trying to get out of it. Right. So they joined, you know, $5,000 programs, $8,000 programs, $10,000 programs, $20,000 programs, and possibly didn't get the results that they wanted. So now they're not spending as quickly as they once were. So I think that is a big shift. Another thing is that the industry has really shifted into smaller potent programs whether you are like on board for them or not, that is definitely how the industry has shifted. So I'm not a huge fan of micro offers. I teach them, I sell them, I help my audience build them. I dabble in them a little bit, but it is definitely a way that the industry has shifted. People want quick, tangible, digestible things. So a lot of these like, you know, um, two week programs, three week programs, sprints, uh, one day programs, VIP days, um, you know, that has been a huge shift as well. And then the biggest thing that I have seen is moving to audio coaching. Um, I have seen this as probably been the biggest thing is that people don't want to actually get on calls. They want to do everything via like Boxer or WhatsApp app. Um, I know a lot of mentors are doing Zoom calls, but they're doing it audio only. Um, I know a lot of coaches that actually aren't getting on calls at all. The only way you can access them, access them is actually Boxer only. And even the amount of clients that I have had that have gone from like, hey, we used to meet, you know, three times a month on Zoom. And now they're like, hey, can we just do everything over Voxer? I'm like, uh, hell yeah. Um, it's been amazing, right? So I think that those are some of the biggest shifts. And then I also have seen that people have definitely dug more into long-term mentorship, which is something that I've been a huge fan of from day one. I mean, I've been in the coaching space for 22 months and I've only had two mentors. Um, I'm a huge believer in long-term mentorship, but I feel that in the beginning, 
people were really joining like this six week program and this six week program and then this eight week program and then this mastermind. And I feel that like all the rage right now is really going all in on like long-term mentorship, whether it's, you know, joining something for a year or joining something for six months. So I think that is another big shift as well. And then the last thing that I think has been really, really important for people is to get away from only having one offer. So this has been a big shift even in my own personal business is when I first started out, I had the same product suite as everybody else did, right? I had one-on-one -on -one coaching, I had a signature group coaching program, and I had a mastermind. And it's like, if you wanted to work with me, you could come in at, you know, $1,200, $3,000 or $10,000. And it really limited people to come into my world. And I started really opening up my product suite about six months ago. And I opened up a membership and I opened up like these little mini offers where I just teach one thing. And what this has actually done is it's allowed so many new people to come into my world that probably would have never had an opportunity to work with me. And it's done a couple of things. It's actually grown my customer journey because they stay longer because they start earlier and they actually move through my product suite longer because they start at a beginning spot and they move up. Um, so this has been really interesting. I just did a, a thing on Black Friday. I launched a membership and I had 52 people join a membership on Black Friday and 27 of them had never bought from me before. And it was so eye-opening to me because if I did not have a low ticket offer, those would have been 27 people that would have never, ever had the opportunity to buy from me before. So again, I have loved adding some low ticket offers into my world because it's not even about the low ticket offer now. It's about what that's going to do in six months from now or a year from now when they move into bigger programs with me. There's so much to to unpack from that. It was like it was a very long message. I'm sorry. Well, no, no, I, I, I sincerely appreciate it. Uh, I, I, I think the take home for for listeners is we need to be honoring our prospective customers like we ourselves want to be courted and treated when yeah. we're being sold to and i think we're forgetting that mm -hmm. i think we're we're so adept to feeling the need to make a sale or wanting to make a sale and forgetting that we're selling to a human on the other mm -hmm. side of this transaction and that human needs to be heard. They need to be respected. They need to be validated. They need to be provided solutions for their problems. Mm -hmm. I was once in this um, <clears throat> this mastermind, and at some point, the coach asked everyone in the room to kind of give their year end brags. And you know, one by one, all the members of the mastermind were kind of going through and rifling off their numbers of how many sales they close and how many people they converted and what were upsells and cross sales and down sales and all this stuff. And at some point I, I had to say, you know, yeah, we sold out our event and yes, we sold out our mastermind, but those were all people mm -hmm. like yeah. they were not just numbers. Like even when I remember, even when we were when our conference was at its biggest and we were trying to sell, I think it was like over 400 seats. We would literally write people's initials into this, into this diagram mm -hmm. of where the seat was. Uh, so it's not a number. It's not a check mark. It's initials that represent a person. Mm -hmm. That's a person who invested in us. Yeah. Um, and, and that's something that really needs to be honored. And I think that's, that's what I was saying earlier, which is, you know, the, those transactional approaches, I think they're gone. I think now it's, it's, it is relational based. It is mm -hmm. people want to invest in individuals more than they invest in like a, a this idea of a corporation or a company. Mm -hmm. um, and the other thing that you said, uh, which I thought was so important is, you know, this idea of low ticket offers. Yeah. Yeah. I have a $20 book and I have, you know, a, a $30 course or a $10 this or even some free offers. The goal of any of these is not for me to make money. Right. The goal is to get someone to sample, you know, to get that appetizer, the happy hour special, right? Yeah. But to be delighted. Mm -hmm. Like they have to get something really good. Even the shit I give away for free yes. can't be shit. It has Absolutely. to be amazing. 
And I love that you say that. Like I say this all the time. It doesn't matter to me if you're buying a $17 offer or a $17,000 offer. I'm showing up 100% the same way. Mm -hmm. Same way. Yeah. yeah the proximity I to me is different, but you're not getting any less of me just because you invested at $17. The only difference is, is like the access to me, but I'm still showing up in the same energy, the same potency and the same value. I think that's because you have your own podcast, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. I'd love to have you on, by the way. Oh, oh. RSVP. Um, <laughs> here's, the thing. here's the thing. It's someone could choose if they wanted to just listen to your podcast. Mm -hmm. And my guess is they would learn everything they need to 100%. about how to sell. Yep. But that's not why they hire you. Right. They hire you for the access. Yep. Because they know that yes, they could read your read a book that you wrote, or they can listen to every episode of a podcast you did, and and many do. Mm -hmm. But the access to you is what gives them the that that additional confidence, and and clarity and support mm -hmm. to actually put all these lessons into action. I think that's that's such a such an amazing amazing um, point. Um, this has been absolutely delightful. And, and oh my I gosh, would, absolutely! I've loved chatting with you. I would love to I'd love to have you back. Actually, absolutely, is, anytime. Is, yeah, it's a topic that, uh, as you can tell, I'm it's very near and dear uh, to me. Something I, I'm very passionate about, and something that very few like you know how to address appropriately. Thank uh, you, so, thank you. so my my thanks goes out to you. Where can listeners go to connect with you to learn more about you and a lot of the great work you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. Well, one, please come over to me and say hello on Instagram. It is the Jillian Murphy and literally slide into my DMs and just say hello uh, and get to know me, come into my world. And then I also have a podcast. It is called Sales in Social and they are short episodes. They are run between 18 and 22 minutes and I deliver straight value on sales and marketing. We do two episodes a week. One is a guest and one is a solo. And I'd love for you to plug it in your ear if you guys love of sales and marketing. Perfect. We're going to make sure all those links, including the link to your show is in the show notes. And I appreciate Julie, you. just thank you again so much. This was such a delight. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening to the Beyond the Image podcast. Please follow, like, and review wherever you happen to listen to the show. And if you want to connect to me, you can find me at jamespatrick.com, Instagram at jpatrickphoto, or you can text me any of your marketing questions to 480-605-3254. Thanks again. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.